Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome back to another episode of Steeler Stat Geek. This is Behind the Steel Curtain editor Dave Schofield coming at you again. It's Thursday morning. It's geek time. Ready to hang out with my nerds of steel and uh, talk some Steelers numbers. And uh, once again, I'm sorry you're stuck with me today. It's not a let's ride day. So I know this is just, for many of you, this is probably just what you have to put up with until you can get Jeff Hartman back. So numbers. Oh my goodness. I don't know if I am alone. I, I, I don't know that this is necessarily for me, but I get the feeling that a lot of Steelers fans are actually more upset about a tie than they would have been a loss because with a loss, they can at least go off and complain all they want to. And how do you lose to a team like this? Now it's a tie. So now it's just it. Seriously. I believe that some people feel like this is even worse. It's such a big letdown. You don't win the game. Um, it, it is what it is, but there, there are some numbers that really lead into this tie. Um, I'm going to go ahead and, and hit those, but before I do, I'm going to run down a little bit what we're talking about today. We're going to talk about a lot. We're going to talk about this game that just happened this past week. We're going to talk about um, the tie and everything that goes along with um, since they changed the overtime rules and things of that nature and how many games really end in a tie and things like that. We'll break down some of those numbers. Then we're going to look at some West Coast numbers. We're going to, you know, look at the Steelers who have not had very well success going to the West Coast. We're going to look specifically at the Pacific time zone. I'm not going to break it down into, you know, the Steelers or versus how Ben Roethlisberger does because, we don't even know if Ben Roethlisberger is playing this game. While while the COVID situations are going on and the Chargers have, um, I think, three players now on the COVID list that could be back, and you're like, but, but Ben missed last game. Why can't he be back? The difference is he ended up with a positive test because they tested him because he had symptoms. So he had symptoms. So that's kind of a difference of, of what's going on there. We'll see how that all plays out. But because of that, I'm not going to say, oh, how Ben Roethlisberger does on the West Coast, because that might not matter. It really might not matter if Ben Roethlisberger does not play. So why limit herself in those sorts of ways? But I do want to say before we get going, a couple things. First of all, thank you all for listening to this. That, and, and you're one of those, not just a loyal uh, listener, a stat geek, but just a listener of Behind the Steel Curtain podcast in general. Thank you all so much for, for choosing to listen to us. Um, our numbers are really, really good. We This platform is growing. We try to give you m- even more content that you even feel that, that you could handle. So I'm hoping that there's something for everybody. I understand that Stat Geek might not be for everybody, but chances are, if you're listening to it right now, unless you've just stumbled across it, it's probably because it is for you. Because this is, I'm like, oh, let's let, let's talk a little numbers or, or stuff, and we don't get too geeky around here. I mean, I I like to nerd out every once in a while, but but hopefully not too often. So just want to thank you for that, and and if. You did just stumble onto this, and you're only interested in the numbers. We've got so much other good content out there. Um, the morning shows, you know, the Let's Ride Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I can't say enough about that. You've got the live mic on Tuesdays. You've got the other uh, noon podcasts, um, various ones there between, you know, the Cutting Room Floor, Fantasy Football Fix, The War Room with Maddie P, What, what Ian's Talking About, which is just 
absolutely hilarious. If, if you want, if you're here for numbers, you're, you're here. If you want comedy, make sure you make sure you get that one because it's good Steeler stuff, but it's, I, I, that's the one that I laugh at the most. I know some people might laugh at the preview just because it's myself and Jeff and Brian Anthony Davis. Um, but yeah, what, what Ian's talking about, but we still have our, our live YouTube shows um, every night or each day of the week, there's, there's one. And then they end up on the audio form as well. And, and we put them in two parts for you because we try to try to keep our podcast between, you know, no more than 30 to 40 minutes because we're trying to, to uh, accommodate, you know, uh, a commuter's uh, routine. So therefore there might be, there's two parts of them and, and we do that just to make it a little bit easier on you. So make sure you're checking all that. And of course, behind the steel curtain.com, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. Make sure you're checking out the website. We've got a lot of editorial content going on there. There's something from there. I am going to reference So, So make sure you're ready for it. Um, well, several things. Cause the first thing I always go over some numbers from this past game and it's based on my numbers article that I run the day after the game. Um, and I highlight some, some of the numbers that stand out for the performance. And this one, this is a number I've been including pretty much the whole season. I know I have at least the last seven games, but uh, this time it got bumped to the top because to me it was the most important number. Most important number of them all, minus three. Minus three. Minus three. In the turnover department, that's that's unacceptable. You can't. Oh my goodness! The last time the Steelers were a minus three and won a game was last year against Tennessee. Still can't figure out how they won that game, being a minus three. Can't figure out how they didn't lose this game, especially when two of the three were in overtime. Yeah, you you don't have turnovers in overtime and still walk away without a loss. Uh, that's just crazy. But it was the, honestly, you, you have, to, we all have to admit it was the turnovers that, that made the Steelers not win, you know, in both situations, they were on the cusp of field goal range. I know some people were like, Oh, just if Fran Ruth wasn't going to gain much, why'd they even try just have Boswell line up and kick the field goal. It was raining. It was cold. It was windy and it was 57 yards. Now I'm not saying that Boswell couldn't have hit it. It was very well possible that he could have, but you could also see why it wasn't the most guaranteed kick in the world. And therefore getting a few more yards would be a good thing. Don't really like the, the, their choice of what to do there. Cause they weren't really going to gain many yards on that play anyway, but I digress. So the turnovers bad. Okay. And almost another one. Steelers were very lucky that the snap that went over Mason Rudolph's head was not recovered by the Lions. You were looking at a chip shot field goal, if that was the case. I mean, that that's that's what it was. So, But Najee Harris got back there, got the ball, and that was the Steelers' three overtime drives. Okay, move the ball at the edge of field goal range, fumble. Get the ball, second play, snapped over the head. You're left with like third and 23. Okay, and then, so you end up having a punt. And then the third one, move it down close to field goal range, fumble. You can't win it overtime with that. You're you're just you're very lucky to get get out of there uh, without losing. Whew. there. So that's the, that's a key number. Let me hit a couple more. 189. The yes, the Lions had 229 rushing yards, but 189 of them came in the second and third quarter. So so yeah, do the math there. Second and third quarter, 189 yards. That means a total of 40 yards between first quarter fourth quarter and overtime 
was 40 yards. The rest was 189. My goodness, what did they do? And not only that, not only that, 179 were on the three scoring drives, which were the which were the two drives in the second quarter and the first drive of the third quarter. After that first drive of the third quarter, the Lions had 10 rushing yards the rest of the quarter and then 20 rushing yards in the fourth quarter in overtime. So just 30 yards on the ground after that big touchdown. So you're probably wondering what in the world happened. If you really want to know, Jeffrey Benedict and I, we did our Vertex article. It was on the website on Wednesday, behindthesteelcurtain.com. If you want to stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers, it's there. It's broken down. You can see the, how what the Lions did with their jumbo package and how the Steelers finally figured out how to stop the ball. So that was the difference in the game. If it wasn't for those three drives, then the Lions weren't going to put points on the board. So um, I, I'm very bothered by the Steelers throwing the ball 50 times. And you're going to see this more when we look into the breakdown for this coming week. So remember this. And it's almost like even on that first and goal from the five, where it's almost like the Steelers outthought themselves. Hey, they think we're going to run. So let's pass. Okay. Sometimes you just outthink it, and we'll talk about that even more when we go to look at the matchup with the Chargers. Um, the Steelers scored seven points in their opening drive and never found the end zone again. Um, well, they did, but it got called back on a hold, which I still say is a hold you could call anytime. Um, there was probably holds like that on every play, and they didn't call them, but they did call that one. Um, so that was kind of disgusting that the Steelers couldn't get in the end zone after that first drive. So uh, the four players leaving due to injury was not good. No, none of them practiced on Wednesday. They were the only players that mispracticed other than those that are on the COVID list because they don't end up on the injury report because they're not technically on the 53-man roster anymore. So so that's, that's what it was. Um, how about 145 rushing yards for the Steelers with 105 of them coming to Najee Harris? Um, yeah, I, especially on a cold, rainy, windy day, you almost would have thought that the Steelers would have maybe tried to run the ball close to 50-50, maybe even more than throwing the ball uh, based on the conditions. But they're like, oh, no, the conditions are bad. They're not going to look for us to throw. Let's throw. As you can tell, I'm still a little bit bothered by that because that's not a, that's not a knock on offensive quarterback Canada. We've seen this from the Steelers. Um, in recent years, because I've laid it out in these in this podcast last year at times, I'm like, oh, the Steelers are going against a team that is not very good against the run. And what do the Steelers do? They come out and they pass the ball 55 times. You know, so it's almost like, oh, the, and you'll see how that's going to come back around again this week. So, so we'll get there. I'm just I'm a little flustered by the whole notion of. Let's do something we're not as good at and they're better at stopping simply because we're going to try to catch them off guard. You do it to a point, but you can't do it 50 times. You can't do it all three plays when you get to the five yard line, you, you know, and especially on third and goal, you're not fooling anybody that you're passing the ball, but at that point you're forced to. Um, so that's my thing. Cause I even said the week before people were upset. They're like, Oh, second and 15. Why hand the ball off? Because if they're expecting you to pass every once in a while, you want to throw in a run, but you can't do the opposite of what they expect you to do every time. Because frankly, they expect you to do something else because that other thing has a greater chance for success. Okay. 
I've I'm off my soapbox now. That's my little spiel of how the numbers work. Um, I highlighted a number where both teams had eight returns between punts and kickoffs, and the who man, the Lions doubled the Steelers in yardage. They did way better returning the football. The Steelers did not cover the returns well, and they did not return it nearly as well as what the Lions did. So that was kind of um, kind of upset. I made up a number and said, I have no idea how many missed tackles there were until they come out and report. I, I said it's 47. I knew 47 was too high. I would have guessed 18. PFF only had 10. They had them having less missed tackles than what they had against the Seahawks. I don't agree with that. I saw another um, report that someone put, I think it was Mark Cabali, shared it on Twitter. I can't remember his source, but he had the Steelers with 15 missed tackles. And to me, that sounded a, a little bit better. Well, not better for the Steelers, but a more reasonable number than what Pro Football Focus came up with. So that was a little bit upsetting. But let's go ahead and transition right now. I'm, I, I don't like talking about this game more than we have to because of how everything went down. But there is something else from this game I want to talk about, and it's the whole notion of overtime. Because I, I had, I had a a a um shoot, what was I saying? Um, it was a conversation, an electronic conversation. That's what I'm trying to say. The, um, between, uh, someone from another country that says, Hey, we deal with buys, not buys. I did it again. Just like I did on Scobro show ties. We deal with ties in games all the time. Why aren't, you know, sports teams in the United States and the fans used to ties. I'm like, that's just not what we do. I mean, you don't pay that much money to go to a game expecting it to end in a tie and saying, oh, that's that that's good. So, but he asked me a question for Stat Geek, so I'm going to go with it. Um, his name's Jeremy from Australia, and he said he wants to know since the since the NFL went to the 10-minute overtime, um, how many how many overtime games has there been? How many finishes a tie? Um, and and he asked me some other questions there about percentages uh, that I'm going to get into. So let's look at the numbers. First thing to remember is that the change in overtime from 15 minutes down to 10 minutes started for the 2017 season. So ever since 2017, overtime has been 10 minutes. So in that time, I looked it up. And since week one of 2017 through week 10 of the NFL season, obviously this isn't going to count Thursday night's game because that hasn't happened yet. There has been a total of 1,220 games. Of those games, 66 of those games have gone to overtime. Of those 66 overtime games, five of them ended in a tie. If you look just at this year, just in 2021, there have been 14 overtime games, one tie. And that was that was obviously the Steelers and the Lions. 14 overtime games, one tie. So just because games go to overtime, I think the way that the rules are set up is a good chance to get a winner most of the time. So if you look at it, so far this season, um, only 7.1% of games that go to overtime ended a tie. If you look at it since 2017, when they implemented the 10-minute overtime, 7.6 games that are sorry, 7.6% of the games 
that go to overtime and in a tie. So you're telling me, okay, if it goes to overtime, there's less than a 10% chance there'll be a tie. That's, that's still pretty good. Okay. Now, just to look at it comparatively, I looked at the five years leading up to 2017. So I looked at 10, 2012 to 2016 just to have a, a little bit of something to compare to. And in that time, there was 1,335 total games. I included the postseason for these, just so you know, because so, um, you can still go to overtime in the postseason. Um, but of course, there was no preseason. Uh, 1,335 total games. Out of those, 86% of them have gone had gone to overtime, and five ended in a tie. So five games ending in a tie between 2012 and 2016, five games ending in a tie from 2017 through 2021. Okay. So that meant from 2012 to 2016, 5.8% of games that went to overtime ended in a tie. So of course it was a little bit less because they had another five minutes to play. Then in when they changed it down to 10 minutes, that percentage still went up, but it didn't even double and it's still under 10%. So that's not bad. But when you look at it this way, this is the last thing that I did, is I said, all right, how often does a tie occur, just in general? So we said that, oh, well, it's 7.6 games that go to overtime and a tie. But if you look at just games in general, 0.41% of NFL games end in a tie since 2017. If you look at the five years before that, 2012 to 2016, it was 0.375 games that ended in a tie. So a little bit higher, but not much. So less than a half of a percent chance that a game is going to end in a tie. That's just how it goes. So uh, I kind of did a little bit of inverse work with that. Um, so in other words, from when it was a 15-minute overtime, it basically you got a tie in one game out of every 267 games. One game out of every 267. And in case you're wondering, that worked out perfectly. It was five years, five ties, 267 games was how many you had in it that included the playoffs because there's 256 regular season games. And before they expanded the playoffs, there was 11 postseason games. Now there's 13, but still. So basically one per season, you would have to go 267 games in between a tie. Now, since they moved it to 10 minutes in overtime, you get one tie every 244 games. So instead of 267, it's 244. Still not that big of a deal. If you're looking at it statistically and you want to say, hey, that's how often ties occur, then the, the, the next tie in the NFL should happen in week eight of 2022. That's just, that's what the numbers say. But one thing I did find interesting was the four ties that happened since they went to the 10 minutes was there were none in 2017, no ties. So the year they made the rule change, they're like, oh, this is fine because it didn't affect anything. Okay. In 2018, there was two week one, uh, the Steelers and Browns, and then week two, uh, the Vikings and Packers 2019. There was one, it was, uh, the lions and the Cardinals. 2020, last season, there was one, if you I remember this one, between um, the Eagles and the Bengals. So what's interesting is that the tie that happened this year happened between two teams that had already had a tie since 2017 because the Steelers had a tie in 2018 and the Lions had a tie in 2019. 
So that's just some interesting numbers to go with that. So we're going to go ahead. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about the Steelers' success or lack thereof on the West Coast. And then we're going to dive in specifically this matchup with the Chargers. So stick around. We'll be right back at Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to Steelers Stat Geek. Are you ready for this nerd to steal? Let's see what we got here. There's a narrative that the Steelers don't play well on the West Coast. And you know what? It's kind of true. Now, I don't know if it's worse than everybody else. I didn't compare it to all these other teams. I'm looking at the Steelers. How do they do? And now you can argue of what's West Coast, what's not West Coast, blah, blah, blah. I went with the Pacific time zone, not the mountain time zone. I don't think they're very good there either. You know, well, you got Arizona there that that kind of helps. You know, you got Denver. That's not good. But I went specifically with the Pacific time zone. Didn't matter if it was AFC, NFC, what it was. And I looked at it. I went went back. You know, you could do – the Mike Tomlin era, you could do the Ben Roethlisberger era. I'm like, let's get a little bit bigger sample size. Let's do the Kevin Colbert era. I went back to 2000, all the way back to 2000. The Steelers have gone to the Pacific time zone 14 times, 14 times. They're four and 10. So no, not good. Not really, really not good. Okay. Four and 10. They are three and three. In primetime games. But there's always a but. There's always a big but. Here's the but. The Steelers are four and one against the Chargers. Now, if they're since 2000, if they're only four and ten in general, and they're four and one against the Chargers, that's correct. They have not beat any other team on the West Coast other than the Chargers. So in 2000, the Steelers traveled to San Diego. I'm I'm not messing it up this time. They were actually in San Diego, even though I say it's still the San Diego Chargers. They just play in LA. They went to San Diego and they won 34 to 21 in in 2000. That was the only non-primetime game in 2000 with the Chargers that the Steelers played generally when they go to the chargers, whether in San Diego or LA, it's a primetime game. It's just what it is. So then in 2005, they went to San Diego on a month for Monday night football and won 24, 22. That was the infamous, um, Oh, I can't remember there. It was the two point win. It was very well, well done there. Um, also, um, I got another one we want to talk about as well. There was one in there that was a Sunday night game in in San Diego where they lost 23 to 13. 
Then you had the other infamous game, the last game in San Diego, another Monday night game, another close one, another one where the Steelers scored 24 points. That was 24 to 20. That's where they they had the opportunity to kick the field goal, to tie it, and most likely go to overtime, and they went for it and got the touchdown. That was the Lev Bell touchdown with that one. Um, I'm pretty sure that was not Ben Roethlisberger. I think that was Mike Vick, if I remember correctly, in 2015. Um, and then in 2019, they they went to L.A. That was the infamous Rick Roll game where they tried to you know play Renegade and then do the Rick Askley, difficult to give you up. Um, yeah, that didn't work out too well. And the Steelers went in there with Duck Hodges starting his first game with Steven Nelson not making the trip and with Joe Hayden getting injured and they had none of their starting corners and they still beat the Chargers 24 to 17. So there's just something about playing the Chargers on the road. That's the only team that the Steelers have found success against. Now, does it mean that they're going to this time? I don't know. There's so many factors involved in players that we still don't know who are playing. So it's really going to be interesting to see how this game plays out on the field. Let's break it down. Let's do what we do, and we'll look at the Steelers' ranks and the Chargers' ranks and say, all right, how do these two teams match up? Because you're going to find out there's some pretty interesting stuff here. But I, you know what? I say it every time. I always think it's interesting. So uh, let's go ahead. Let's, let's look at the offenses, okay? We'll look at the offenses. Um, yeah, overall, advantage Chargers, okay? If you look at team offense, where the main thing they look at is yardage, the Chargers average 370.2 yards a game. They are 10th, where the Steelers average 331.1 yards. They are 24th. So it's the 10th best offense going up, going up against the 24th best offense. When it comes to scoring points, neither team's really tearing it up. The Chargers do average 24.33 points a game. They're 15th in the league, basically in the middle. Where the Steelers, they average... After this past week, they now drop below 20. They average 19.67 points a game scored. That's 26th in the NFL. I think it was this week that they dropped below 20. Maybe I could peek back. Yeah, it was this week that they that they dropped below 20 because they only uh, scored 16. So that's, yeah, not, not the best. Uh, believe it or not, neither team runs the ball that well. Neither team is up there and running. The Chargers... Um, average uh, 100.2 yards per game rushing. That's 21st in the NFL, while the Steelers average 94.7, which is 26th in the NFL. Their number is rising. It is rising every week because they keep going over 100 yards rushing. So um, that's I, I like that trend. You know what would be really nice? If after this game, if the Steelers would be ahead of the Chargers in rushing for the season. But We'll see. And just so you know, um, both teams have already had their bye, so they've played the same number of games. They've both played nine. Um, and last but not least, um, what where both teams are ranked their best is through the air, through passing, where the Steelers, you know, they average uh, 236.4 yards a game, 17th in the NFL in passing, you know, right there in the middle. Chargers are seventh. They're seventh in the league in passing yards with 270 a game. So that's kind of going to be interesting. Uh, the Steelers have turned the ball over 11 times this season. Granted, three were in the last game. The Chargers have only turned it over nine times. They average one a game. Okay, not only that, the Steelers didn't give up a sack last week. They're still only been sacked 18 times this season. Chargers are even better. They've only been sacked 16 times. 
So that makes this kind of interesting. Now let's turn to the defense. Let's turn to the defense. When you look at yardage, the um, the Chargers are 17th in the NFL, you know, right in the middle, 361.1 yards per game. The Steelers are 12th at 348.9 yards a game. So not a big difference between the two. Here's a big difference. How about points surrendered? The Chargers surrendered 25.33 points a game. That's 25th where the Steelers surrender 20.56 a game, that's eighth. So when it comes to to points allowed in defense, the Chargers are towards the bottom of the league. You know, they're about eighth from the bottom, where the Steelers are eighth from the top. That's that's what it is. So, you know, about a quarter of the way in in for for each direction. So very interesting that that's how they that's how they match up. Whew, here you go. The Steelers' run defense, they dropped 10 positions because they gave up 229 yards against the Lions. No joke. They went from 15th in the NFL going into Week 10 to 25th in the NFL. They are now averaging giving up 123 yards per game on the ground. Not good. That is going in the wrong direction. But they're not quite at the level of the Chargers – who give up 155.1 yards per game, they are dead last, 32nd in the NFL in stopping the run. I'll say it again. Remember this. The Chargers are 32nd in the NFL in stopping the run. Now, when it comes to to pass defense, the Steelers – that's where they're they're better. They give up 225.9 yards. That's ninth in the NFL. But the Chargers give up 206 yards. That's fourth in the NFL. But if you're giving up that many rushing yards, teams are going to run the ball against you. So that's part of it. Um, but the the Chargers have more takeaways. They have 11 to the Steelers' eight. The, the, the Steelers are really lacking in the takeaway department this season. Now, when sacks, the Steelers are, are ahead there. They've got 26, where the Chargers only have 17. Um, here's the other thing when it comes to the run defense. The Steelers have given up six rushing touchdowns this year, two of which were in the last game. Chargers have given up 12. They've given up a lot of, of touchdowns on the ground, lots of yards on the ground. So in this matchup, this is what I was talking about in the first half that I, I really want to reiterate here. Steelers, don't overthink it. Don't Don't say, oh, we're going up against the worst rush defense in the NFL. Let's pass the ball because they won't expect it. They're the fourth best passing defense in the NFL. You know what? The numbers tell you run the ball. So run the friggin' ball. Okay. Don't overthink it. Don't say, oh, obvious running down. We're just going to pass it. We're going to catch them off guard. You know what? You're going you're gonna to pass yourself right out of the opportunity for a first down. You're going to pass yourself right out of an opportunity for points. I'm not saying never pass the ball. This is the NFL. You can't do that. But what I'm saying is don't think, oh, we're going to really commit to the pass because they're going to expect us to run because they're not very good at it. Don't. Don't. Don't overthink it. Go out. Give the rock to the nosh. It's rock to the nosh. That's what this this game needs to be. Um, Hopefully, uh, the Steelers' offensive line will be healthy. Unfortunately, the key to the Steelers rushing the ball well this past week was really when Kevin Dotson was in the game. And with a high ankle sprain, 
personally, I'm not looking for him to be back this week. Uh, I'm just hoping he doesn't miss multiple games, which is still um, a possibility. But we'll see how the week plays out. So those are the numbers. And I got to remind fans of this as well. I, I I said it to my brother. It really does make sense. This is what we forget sometimes as fans. We forget that a team doesn't play the same every time they take the field. They don't. That's why if you had to play the same team four weeks in a row, I don't think one team would win all the games because you just don't play the same. Now, sometimes you just have a really good matchup against another team. That's why sometimes teams that aren't supposed to win are actually a better matchup to win based on how they match up. But you just don't play the same way all the time. The Steelers played not Good. I'll just say that. Not good on Sunday. I'm not, I don't want to talk about the degree to which it wasn't good and not put the right adjective to it, if you know what I'm saying. So I'm saying that they didn't play well. They did not play well. So just because of that, fans expect them to come out and play the same the next week as how they played the previous week. That's not how it generally works, and it really hasn't worked this season, hence why we only have 10 people left in our survivor pool, hence why it's so hard to to actually determine teams that are going to win games. It doesn't even matter a lot of times who the biggest, how big the spread is. Teams are still losing games when they are overwhelmingly favorites. You know, that's just how things have been playing in recent weeks. So the biggest thing that the Steelers need to do is don't show up playing like you played last week. And remember that fans, it's a new week. It's a new day. It's a chance to come out and play well again. And that's what the Steelers need to do. They need to take advantage. doesn't matter who's playing quarterback. Okay. That either way, they're going to have to play better because if the team would have played better last week, regardless of who the quarterback was, they'd have won. If the team plays like that this coming week, regardless of who the quarterback is, they're not going to win. That's just how it is. So what's more important than who's going to be playing is actually showing up and playing well. With that, I will call this a Stat Geek Show. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the numbers. And most importantly, thanks for geeking out.